Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ron on ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. And we're back here fresh off the bye week, right? Feeling refreshed and renewed and excited for the second half of the season. Well, okay, maybe I, I went a little too far in that one because, look, the Giants are 1-7. The rest of the season is all but meaningless except for planning and preparing for the future. And really, if you're the Giants, that's what this has to be about. They're 1-7. in seven. For a little perspective, do you know the only other team that is 1-7, in seven, this is where the Giants stand right now, is the Oakland Raiders. Yes, that Oakland Raiders with John Gruden running them into the ground and making all those ridiculous decisions and completely tearing it down. They're 1-7. in seven. And that's where the Giants are. One and seven. So the important parts of the second half of the season are determining where you stand for the future and where they're going to select in the 2018, or sorry, 2019 NFL draft. Because it's been a train wreck of a year so far. Right? I mean, there's really no denying that. They're one and seven. They're 0 and three in the division. Uh, they stink at home. They stink on the road. They stink on offense. They're bad on special teams. They're okay on uh, special teams. I mean, uh, defense. I'll give them that. But it's just been a really, really bad season for the Giants so far. And one of the things I would be concerned with going forward is they might be 1-7, in seven and where they select in the draft is going to be huge because we all know the quarterback situation, the quarterback position needs to be addressed, right? And it's possible, I mean, we're it's a little early right now, but it's possible the only quarterback in this draft that's worthwhile is Justin Herbert from Oregon. And if the Giants win some games in the second half of the season, it could put them in a little bit of a, a tough spot, right? A tough bind. If they're picking sixth and the Oakland Raiders pick one and there's only one quarterback that everybody loves in this draft, the Oakland Raiders are going to have a bidding war, right? And teams such as the Denver Broncos, uh... And anyone else out there maybe looking for a quarterback, or I, I don't know specifically, maybe the Buccaneers, um, the, the, all these teams, those teams are going to say, hey, you want to come get this guy, give it up, pay up. And this is the, you know, the argument with last year of taking a quarterback number two overall, we've gone over it a thousand times, was then they didn't have to pay that draft capital and pay that huge ransom and, uh, give up part of their future and all these future picks to get that quarterback. And that's you're then saying that that is the right guy in the first place, which is another story. So there's all these little intricacies that go into it, and that's what we're going to be looking at in the second half of this year. Where do the Giants draft? And the way I look at it is their second half of the season, the schedule eases up. There's really only two teams on their schedule that have winning records. Right now. And it's the Chicago Bears. They're pretty good. You know, they got a great defense, a really, really good defense. Maybe not great, really good defense. So that's a good team. They're five and three. And then there's the Redskins. They're five and three. But that Redskins team, are they really that good? They're beat up badly. They just lost 60% of their offensive line in one week. Right? Trent Williams is hurt. Brandon Sheriff is hurt. They lost another guard. So they're, they're just devastated. So they're not even a winning team with what they're going to be putting on the field. They're, they're signing guys, and, and they're going to start them this week. 
So the schedule, in my opinion, has five winnable games. Okay? Because the Eagles are 500. I'm not even counting them, even though they're not one of the winning teams. Uh, they could be the 49ers they play this week, the Bucks the following week at home, where, by the way, the Giants, they may actually be favorites in that game. First time all year, favorites. If they win this week against the 49ers, they might come home and be favorites against the Bucks. First time this year, a favorite. Took till week 11. There's a Redskin game that's winnable later on, especially with how beat up they are. Indy in week 16. Uh, Dallas in week 17. Who knows what happens in week 17? That Dallas team could be completely down the toilet by then. Who knows where they are? So five winnable games. Let's say they win three of them. I honestly think this team could win three games in the second half of the year. They end up four and 12. Who knows where they're going to pick? They're not going to pick one or two when they, if they win four games. So I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I mean, it's also possible that if they, especially if they lose to this 49ers team, that this ends up being a two win team. But, uh, yeah, that, that's one of the things we have to watch out for in the second half of the season. The other is when do they move on from Eli Manning, right? When do they give Kylo Letta a chance just to give him some playing time, gain him that experience? We have to be realistic with what the expectations are for him where he's not going to come in and, and be a star right away. That's not realistic, but it's more about, Look, it's not about winning games in the second half of the year. It's about, like I said, preparing for the future and giving him some playing time, giving him some experience would then give him a better chance to succeed in the future. Remember, Eli Manning was terrible when he was a rookie in his rookie season, right? He wasn't good at all. They didn't bring him in because they were they wanted to win all these games. They brought him in for ulterior per- motives, with ulterior motives and different purpose. And it would be the same thing here with Kylo Ledin. You could always go back to Eli. Week 17, his final game with the Giants. You put him out there against the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody gives him that farewell. Thanks, Eli. You won us two Super Bowls. You had a great, great career. You did a great job. But it's time for us to move on. Give him the farewell he deserves. And there you go. So real quick, before we get to our guest, we're going to do a little good-bad from the first half of the season, right? And it's hard to come up with some good, but I did. I did. I tried. And I did. I came up with a few. Right? And you start off with the running back. Okay, maybe it wasn't ultimately the best decision for the team, but you look at him as a player, and Saquon Barkley's pretty good, right? I mean, he's on pace for, uh, what is it, 116 catches, which would blow away the record for running backs in a season. Granted, a lot of those are checkdowns, but dude catches the ball great. He's a big play waiting to happen. You, his contact balance is exceptional. It, just exceptional. You hit him, and he just you're amazed that he doesn't go to the ground. So you like what you see with him. I mean, there's things he could work on. His pass blocking has been up and down. It hasn't been great. Uh, there's times where he definitely needs to hit the hole, and he tries to bounce outside. That's something he admits he's got to work on and stop trying to hit the home run all the time. But as a player, he's the real deal. He's good. Odell Beckham Jr., look, I don't know how many people doubted him, and it wasn't a huge concern for people, but the reality is he was coming off a serious injury, and you wanted to see him come back, and he's still great. He's a great player. You know, He's on pace for 1,500 yards and 100-plus catches. The touchdowns are down. I think that's more a product of the system at this point. It's not a product of him not making plays. Actually, if you think about it, they missed him on a few touchdowns. If he just got two or three more of those, he'd be at you know on pace for pretty close to double digits which is right around where what you expect from him. And uh, so for him to come back and be the player he is, you know going forward, you have two guys right there who are absolute playmakers. And then the defense. I know people might say, what are you talking about? But this isn't a great defense. 
They're not loaded with talent. They've been average. They fought. They've kept them in games. I mean, go look at what the Giants have done this year. Right? I'm going to pull it up real quick. They've scored 20 points or less in six of their eight games. Okay? So in today's NFL, the defense now won. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five games. Five games. They've allowed 23 points or less. Okay? In today's NFL, you're supposed to win those games. You're not supposed to go one and four when you allow 23 points or less in the NFL. So they've kind of slapped it together just good enough, uh, for them to be a respectable unit, especially in comparison to the other units. Special teams, bad. Uh, the kicking, yeah, kicking has been good, but special teams return game, non-existent. Uh, offense, terrible, right? Offensive line, bad, really bad. Worse than our greatest expectations. Eli Manning, bad, has not played well this year. Offense in general, 27th in points. Like I said before, six of eight games with 20 points or less. Are you kidding me? Terrible. Not good. The free agent moves, uh, and the acquisitions this offseason, total mess. Wasn't good. Uh, there's an article out there I did. We went over it. I'm not going to go over them all again here. We've been over most of these so far. Uh, you know, the Nate Solder hasn't worked out. Patrick Omame hasn't worked out. Alec Gogletree in retrospect, not a great move. Uh, you know, because you, you give up resources for an average linebacker. Not, I, so I'm not going to say it's a bad move. I'm not going to say it's a good move either. But does it make sense with where the science team should have been headed? No, it does not. Uh, Curtis Riley, he struggled at safety. I mean, you name it. Go down the list. Lack of pass rushers, not good. Uh, the offensive line, like we said, a mess. Quarterback decisions, not good. Giants have not received good quarterback play. So, this offseason, you'll look at, and you have to be disappointed where they were. And it's led to where the Giants are right now. And that's at 1-7. Tied for the worst record in the NFL. And with that, let's bring in our guest after this. Dave Rothenberg, 98.7 ESPN New York host with Canty and DiPietro and Rothy. So with that. On to the next one. So here he is, my man Dave Rothenberg. How we doing, my man? You know, I, I, well, I got to start off by taking your temperature, right? Okay, I know you're sick to your stomach, right? But wh- what stage are we at right now? Are we in like nausea stage, like extreme, extreme vomiting, uh, you know, deathbed, like uh, and on a on a giant scale? Where where are we at at this point? We're we're at the state. You know when you get like a stomach ailment and you say to yourself or or like a, a spouse or a child, I don't care if I die right now from this illness. That's that's pretty much where I'm at. Like I, I, I don't even the Giants have beaten the fan out of me. They're so bad. Jordan, they've won four games in the last season and a half. Yeah, I know. They four are and twenty one. They are they are a horrendous football team right now. Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's bad. You know, here is my concern right now, okay? And let's see if you could talk me out of it because you're obviously really down on this team, which is, you know, well-deserved. I mean, let's be honest, right? They have, in my estimation, five winnable games in the second half of this year. 
right? This 49ers game coming up is definitely winnable. That's yep. not a good 49ers yep. team. I, okay. Nick I would Mons. agree. The next week, if they actually win against the 49ers, there is a strong chance they will come home the following week and be a favorite for the first time this season against the Bucks. Right. The Bucks, the Bucks, the Bucks just stink. The Redskins are shot. Who knows? They might have a chance in that game when they play them later in the year. Indy, they're not. They're not great. They're not. They're you know they're okay. They would have at least have a shot in that game. And week seventeen, who knows? Dallas, they could be just in total, you know, disaster. You know, spiraling down the toilet mode and just be a complete mess and not even want to play. So five winnable games. If they can, they really win three of those games. And end up four and twelve, no. and end up with like the fifth, no. sixth pick. No, no, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Because how many times have we played the game? You know, the Giants have a somewhat favorable schedule, and right. if they can find a way just to go two and four, and therefore, no. Here's the thing, Jordan Niners. You say they're not a good team. They're not. You know what else isn't a good team? The Giants. They're a bad <laughs> football team, and it starts with the offensive line. I know everyone wants to blame Eli, and I don't think that he's, you know, he's he's. He, he he deserves blame, but to me, the offensive line is so bad, and the combination of a completely immobile quarterback coupled with an offensive line which is so porous makes the Giants so bad. So, could they beat San Francisco? Sure, but I I, I just watched San Francisco come off a game where they dismantled the Raiders. So this idea that San Francisco has nothing to play for, they look terrific. And tell me how the Giants are going to keep Eli Manning upright upright in that game. Same thing with Indianapolis. The Giants' defense is okay, but you don't think Andrew Luck is going to pick them apart? They're not going to beat the Cowboys. The, the Giants look like a, like a, like children the first time they played the Cowboys. Yeah, their schedule gets easier. They probably won't finish 1-7 over the final eight games. Maybe they will, but I don't see any way this team does any better than three and thirteen right now. All right, so three and thirteen would give you a pretty good draft pick. I mean, you'd probably have a shot to be what? I don't know. The Raiders are probably not going to win more than two games, but I don't see anyone else right. winning. You'll be top four. Yeah, so everyone else is pretty much going to win three or four games, and you'll be you'll be right in that group where anywhere you could pretty much be two to five, right? Which is pretty good. Gives you a good shot at yeah, you'll be whoever just like you were last is. year. But the the problem the problem with this year's draft, and I know we're not doing a draft preview, and we don't know if the kid's going to come out. Right. But if Herbert is in fact, if he is in fact the crown jewel of this draft, and you're the Giants, you probably need to go number one. And if you don't have the top pick, now you're talking about mortgaging future pieces to get a kid where you didn't have to do that last year. Right. Well, no matter what, no matter what, if you're the Raiders and you get the number one pick and you're sticking with Carr as your quarterback, right? You're going to, you better sell. And there's one quarterback, you better sell that pick no matter what. I mean, they've already traded for pick after pick after pick. I'd be stunned if they didn't want to move down and get more picks, right? So you're going to have to pay. There's a good chance you got to pay regardless. I don't believe that they think Carr is the answer. And if they really love, and you know there's going to be right. other teams. You know that John Elway goes to every Oregon game now to watch what this kid is capable of doing. So it doesn't matter if the Giants go two. If there's another team that goes one, even if they don't need a quarterback, and this is what everyone forgets, Jordan, even if that team doesn't need a quarterback, they have the golden ticket. They are Willy Wonka. They have that Charlie. They have the ticket. So they're going to say, all right, Denver, you want number one? You want Herbert? Give us this year's one, next year's one, and a two. Like, 
you're going to have to pay, even if the Giants are two, you're going to have to pay to get up to one if this kid comes out and if he is what everyone seems to think he possibly could be. All right, so we see where you're at. Okay, you're demoralized. <laughs> but, <laughs> you asked the question. I didn't. I didn't divulge this information. <laughs> so where are you at? Like, what are you most upset about? You look back, like you're okay. I'm gonna. We're gonna play the blame game because it's fun to play the blame game. That's that's what sports oh, is about, great. right? I mean, this is what you do when you lose. Everyone goes and you, you say that they did this wrong, did this wrong, did this wrong. You get to pick one thing. You're looking back and you're saying, what are you most upset about about this team and where they're going and what they did. No, this is, for me, simple. The fact that they took Saquon Barkley in the draft over Sam Donald. Look, Sam Donald is banged up. He's not even going to play. But that's not the point. The point is you watch this kid and you think he's a legitimate quarterback. What do the Giants not have? A legitimate quarterback. Saquon Barkley is already great. No one takes anything away from him. He's a sensational talent. But you know what? Even with this sensational talent, the Giants can't move the football, they can't put points on the board, and it doesn't help them win games. And he's not going to get better. I mean, he's great. He's not going to all of a sudden just you know become the greatest running back in the history of the game. You're one in seven. You had three quarterbacks available to choose, and you went with the running back. So I think, and I hope I'm wrong, I really do, I really think that you're going to look at this years from now and say, the Giants, you'll always look at this. You'll always look at it and say the Giants passed on a franchise quarterback for a running back. So to me, there is no number two for this answer. The only answer is bypassing on the quarterback. And I don't care if it was Darnold, Rosen, Allen, whichever one you like the best, that was the guy you should have taken, not Barkley. Well, I'll be Johnny Optimism here and say this. And I'm not saying it was the right move, and I get it. We've gone over this a thousand times, right? But they might have the opportunity and i'm not saying it's the right move again i'll say that again it's not saying it was the right move but they could end up getting what i call you know the back door straight or the black door flush right if they are bad enough and if they luck into a position where they can ultimately get this year's top quarterback and that guy ends up being great they could ultimately create a position where you're not looking back at that draft, that's the only way you know that that's going to kind of unfold, right? Is if they sort of backdoor right. backdoor into that situation where they get, let's say, they get Justin Herbert and he is the real deal, then you can look back at it and say, "Oh, that didn't hurt us." But that's the only way. So I'm going to say they at least created a possibility now that you could fall into that uh, that scenario, right? That that it's there because they're that bad right now. They're one in seven. They are tied for the worst record in the NFL. You're you're right. I can't argue with you. If the Giants have the number one pick and or the number two pick and they or whatever pick and they wind up with the future franchise quarterback, then they have in a roundabout way and not the way I would go about it, but it doesn't matter what I would do. The Giants have figured out a way to get their future savior, and yes, then you know what? It all works out. But that's April 25th of 2019 before we can even have an idea to have this conversation. So maybe so, but until then, until I see them dot the I's and cross the T's and bring in that future star quarterback, I'm going to be very frustrated with this organization. Have you thrown a TV? Have you have you left your wife no. at, uh, at, at uh, uh, you know to go by herself to the hospital or something? 
I mean, no, has, has no. it reached that I, point? I, by the way, it, that, that, I stand by that one. Um, <laughs> breaking things I'm, I'm not a proponent of. She turned to me on a football Sunday and said, boy, I'm not feeling good. Can you bring me to urgent care? We're like a mile from urgent care, Jordan. I mean, come on. I wouldn't have asked her to do that, and I didn't expect that she would ask me. So I stand by that decision. You know, there are some things I've done in my life which I don't, but that's We're not going to debate the merits of this. We can't debate the merits of this because I I don't know know if I could go down that road with you. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not sure if I could support you on that one. But so you're – I'm going to put you in a position of power, right? Right. I'd love this, yes. You you are in charge. How do you fix this moving forward? Like, give me, give me your first three major moves of how you can get this organization moving forward and close to saying, okay, we're, we're going to be moving in the right direction towards getting to that next Super Bowl. All right. We, got we three are moves, going three moves to, only. yeah, three moves. I'm, I'm, the last game of the season will be Eli Manning's last game with the Giants. We'll have a celebration. We will applaud him. We will unfurl a banner. We will bring old players back, but we will move on from Eli Manning. That is my first move. Okay. My, my second move is I have to get the quarterback. Now, if I'm and, – and maybe it's not this draft. You know, look, I mean, maybe Herbert doesn't come out. Maybe they can't get him. Maybe they don't like him. So what do you do in the meantime, then? Let's say that happens. What do you do in Uh, the meantime? uh, Now what am I doing in the meantime? I am going to tread water. A Teddy Uh, Bridgewater or Teddy Bridgewater, some some Tyrod Taylor, something like that for the year or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, next year would be Loletta and Tyrod Taylor, or Loletta and Josh McCown, or Loletta and Bridgewater. Or, and I don't even know if you get Bridgewater at this point. That's what it'll be. Next right. year will be. So you're hey, willing I'm to take water. it on the chin. You're willing to just you know take it on the chin next year, basically, right? Say okay. Here, here's the thing. And, and the amazing thing is, Gettleman has said this himself, and that is, you can't be in quarterback hell. And you're there now, and if you don't fix it now, you're going to be the Dallas Cowboys for the next decade, which is the last thing you want, having a a pedestrian or subpar quarterback and not be able to win. I don't want that. Am I – now, maybe every Giants fan doesn't feel like this, Jordan. I am willing to have three consecutive seasons of three wins or less if it means – I have my franchise quarterback in place for the next 12 to 15 years. So that's my second thing. I'm moving on from Eli, and I have to find a way to get the quarterback. And my third is, boy, I'm really torn between figuring out a way to get a pass rusher or addressing the offensive line in free agency. It's not. It doesn't involve Landon Collins. It, you know, uh, it doesn't. Um I have to fix this offensive line. This offensive line is, is it's comically bad. I mean, guys don't know how to pick up stunts. Former very good offensive linemen are being destroyed. I, I have to. So I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go, you're gonna go sign the best offensive tackle? Did you already do that? How are we doing this? Then I'll have to go. 
then I have to go heavy into the draft or I have to fix it, Jordan. You didn't you didn't tell me that I have to come up with the formula <laughs> of how. You asked me the three things that need to be done. I have to move on from Eli Manning. I have to get the future quarterback and I have to address this disaster of an offensive line. I'm I'm not saying that that is the wrong move. I'm just saying it there that's not like how do you do that? How do you get maybe get the quarterback and do the line at the same time? It's it's not an easy juggle here. So the, you know you gotta. We're gonna have to come up with some ways. I get it. We're gonna we're gonna have to. They're gonna have to be creative. They're gonna have to find ways to do it on the fly. Do it maybe in multiple years. But I'm just pointing out these are tough things to do. There was you there was think an I don't know this. It. Yeah, I, but they, they I know screwed you up. I mean, there's no two ways about it. They they went all in, and then when the other players saw it, they had they had a three, a seven, a nine, a jack, and a queen, and everyone is <laughs> laughing at what the Giants put in when they showed their hand. So you're right. They messed up royally, and now they have to fix it. And they need everything. They, I mean, they're going to need corners. They need linebackers. They need defensive ends that can get to the quarterback. They need an offensive line. They need a quarterback. I mean, they need outside of receiver, running back, maybe defensive tackles. This team needs everything right now. Don't disagree. And it's a sad state of where we're at right now. And it's a shame that we have to talk about this week after week after week. And even worse, there's another eight weeks left, Dave. You going to survive? I mean, what choice do I have? Here's the thing, Jordan. <laughs> I mean, you could you, know, you could when, tune out. When, you could tune out. Would, no, you, would you do that? I can't do it. I, no, I, I wouldn't either. I that, I that, that's, not, that's not a good fan. You can't do that. Listen, I'm going to give you an example. You walk, you walk down the aisle. And you you wait for that your beautiful bride to walk down. Now, for me, it was under a hoppa. For other people, they do it in different scenarios. And the the priest or rabbi or whoever says to you, "Do you take this woman in sickness and in health until death do you part?" And I said, and I believe you also said, and a lot of people listening said, "Yes, I do." Well, for me, I look at the Giants in a similar fashion. I'm a Giants fan. I will be a Giants fan until the day I die. So if they're one in fifteen, I'm a Giants fan. When they're fifteen and one, I'm a Giants fan. So I will watch the games and I will root for the Giants and I hope that they get better. But that is what a fan does. Not my team is bad. I have a friend and I was I'm incensed by this. He's a Raiders fan. And I texted him the other night, I said, Boy, your team stinks. How did you even digest that game? And he says Oh, I won't watch another game this season. There are fans like that, and that's fine for them. That doesn't work for me. I need to watch. I love the Giants. I always will. Yeah, he's a fraud. I got a fan. I got a friend like that. He basically rooted at some point over the last ten years, rooted for every basketball team in the NBA. So yesterday, I was raving about Zion Williamson. We're taping this on what Wednesday right now, and he's like, "Who is this guy?" And I'm like, "Oh, he's the guy you're going to have his jersey in two years, and you're going to be rooting for, you know, with your new favorite team." Like, I, I get it. Like that, that's, that sort of reminds me of your friend right there. That's not a fan. No, that's that's not not a a fan. fan. I'm going to give you another story. I'm going to, I'm going to make this podcast go forever. I'm going to give you another story. (laughs) I was at Super Bowl 35 watching the Giants and the Ravens. Giants down 34 to seven with four minutes to go. I'm sitting in, I guess it was Raymond James Stadium, whatever, wherever Tampa played at the time. And my friend that I went with turns to me and he says, let's go. And I said, no. He goes, why not? 
I said, because I want to remember these dreadful moments. So next time the Giants win, it's that much better. That's what a fan does. I agree. That's a solid move. I will say this. It's one of my pet peeves. And this is, you weren't exactly in that situation. But you see it all the time. I see it every week at games, right? There's a close game, and there's like five minutes left. It's a one-score game. And people get up and leave. Like, why would you even go to the game? They're like, we want, to, we want to get out before the traffic. Like, you already invested four hours. Like, you're really worried about saving that extra 20 minutes? It doesn't make sense. Like, why would you leave and potentially miss a great ending? I just don't get the fans' perspective. There's a lot of people every week in every city, I see it all over the place, that do that. Like, I, oh, they want to miss the traffic. Like, why did you come to the game in the first place? I, I just don't get it. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But we've gone off the rails no, those, here. Those, Go those, are, those are the worst fans. All right, bring us back yes. on. Bring us back those on are the rails. worst ones. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you a taste of your own medicine. You have a game. You play on your show. I believe you do it on Saturdays only. Stump Rothenberg, right? Is it? Am I right? Is it right. just just Saturdays that you uh, do this? It, only Saturdays, typically at, at ten thirty, and it's a it's a terrific game. Uh, ten thirty on Saturday, ninety eight seven ESPN New York. So make sure you listen. Right, terrific game. You're right. So we're gonna give you a little taste of your own medicine, right? We're gonna do Stump Rothenberg, Giants verse. I will give you three Giants questions, and we'll see if we can stump you from this year, right? Okay. These are these are tri- these are trivia questions. These are trivia questions. So, so you know, we're going to see right. how much you know about the Giants this year. Okay, name me three Eli Manning non-garbage touchdowns this year. Go passing three touchdowns. Eli Manning non-garbage touchdowns this year. Yes, touchdown mm. passes with one second left at the end of a game does not count. Ah, uh, yeah. All right. So he had the. Hmm. It's a good question. He had the one against the Saints to Sterling Shepard that, that gave them the lead early in the game. Correct. Right? Yep. And now I really got to think. <laughs> the fact um, that you really have to think of three touchdowns. Well, <laughs> the number, it, it, number two we're talking about, you got to – that really says a lot. Well, he, right, did, so, he did nothing of, re- nothing of relevance against the Falcons, nothing of relevance against the Eagles, right? Yeah, the, no, the garbage Panthers touchdowns. game. The now, Panthers, ca- the Panthers game count, is one that you can you, you count the Barkley, the Barkley touchdown at the end of the Panthers game. The Barkley touchdown yeah. at the end of the Panthers game, of yeah, course, that, that counts threw, because that I mean, it, gave, it gave him the lead. Of course, definitely counts. All right, so that's, that's two. That's two, and then he had another one in that game to Beckham. Exactly. Three. All right. Good job. Uh, impressive. Two fourth quarter scores. You know yet. what? How dare you? How dare you? Question my Giants knowledge look, that and, was, and love. That was one. I, we have two more. Don't worry about it. That was the warm up. All right. All right. This okay. one. This one's gonna be tough. Name right. name one good Giants off season move, non draft related. Yeah, but this is an opinion question. <laughs> no, I don't know that. No, I can no, give no, no. You that. These are basically facts at this point. A, a factual this, this, non-draft this, all right, acquisition. This, this isn't necessarily trivia, but just, let's see. Let's see if you could do. It. Come on, I'm, I'm testing to I, see I, if you could come I up with. If, if you could twist it and find me, just there has to be one positive, right? Come on, you come up with something. Uh, I have, I have one. I, mean, they, I think there, there are good ones. One, I, there are good ones out there. Uh, 
I mean, you don't consider Ogletree to be a positive uh, force on this team, do you? I mean, you could sell me that, that it was okay. I mean, I wouldn't say good. I, I mean, if that's the best you could come up with, maybe. I, I mean, I can't think of much better than that. I mean, certainly uh, Cody Latimer wasn't a good acquisition. Fine. I mean, I could tell you the best one, and you probably wouldn't be able to argue it. Go ahead. They re-signed Kerry Wynn for $1.2 million or $1.5 million. All right. No, fine. I'm great. <laughs> I mean, I, I told you I'm asking you to dig deep. All right. Now, here's the third one. Ready? You, I mean, uh, you're asking me to dig really deep. Although, I will sit here and tell you this. Even though I don't like the Barkley pick for what the Giants needed, I think it, it looks like right now, so far, and things can change, that the Giants had a pretty good draft in, in Gettleman's first uh, first go-around. I think that is the one, the biggest positive you can take from Dave Gettleman. But then again, it depends where you stand on that because, you know, if you messed up the quarterback part, as you feel like that's such a big mistake, it kind of wipes out everything, doesn't it? So it, it's yeah, really, but, I it's mean, really, I, it's really I think good. Will Hernandez is going to be good. I will say this. How about this? Um, there, you could you could trust their you could have optimism about their talent evaluation in the draft. There we go. Okay, so here's here's another one. This one, I, we're going to see how good a giant fan you are. Ready? Who uh, is this a real question or this is this an is opinion a, question? No, this is a real question. Who, All right. Who is Evan Brown? Give me the Evan Brown. Evan Brown has been on the Giants roster, active roster, for every game this year. Who is Evan Brown? Um, I think he's like a backup center, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> impressive. For for bonus points, can you name his what school Evan Brown went to? Southern Methodist University. Oh my God! You got to be kidding me! He pulled out Evan That's Brown. That's impressive. Pony Express, baby. Oh my Pony God! Express. Yes, Evan Brown. You know what pains me was on the roster. What Hold on, he me. was a fourth string center at one point, and he's been on the roster for all eight games in one of the biggest upsets of the season. I didn't think you were going to know who Evan Brown was. To be honest with you. You know what? The the fact that you question my loyalty and knowledge of this team pains me more than anything else. You had to think about Evan Brown, though. Come on. You had to I think had to about run it. through the roster. I mean, it's hard to come up with Evan Brown and to come up with SMU? Come on. Well, I knew he went to SMU. I knew he went to SMU, but I couldn't think of his position for a while. <laughs> Evan Brown. He, this is an undrafted rookie who is, was basically the fourth string center at one point this season. Man, that's, yeah, that, I, I'm it, impressed. I'm impressed. You, and I, he wears, uh, he wears number 67, I believe. All right. What are you looking up? You looked it up now? No. Did you Google it? No. Honest, honest oh, come answer. on. All right. Well, I'm the, driving. The fact that you knew his number is this, that 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 set off an alarm in my head. That's sick. That's impressive. All right, I'm impressed. What other questions you got? That's all I got. You got for you. Next else? time I'll have to come up with new Stump Rothenberg Giant style. Like it's hard to stump you on Giant stuff. Obviously, I know that. But, well, I mean, listen, I'm pretty I'm pretty good with trivia to begin with, and the Giants are my favorite thing. Period. So yes. But your blinders are on. You're so you're so distraught at this point that I, I it was hard for you to come up with a positive non draft. It was, it was. You you had a block. Is, is there? Am I wrong? I mean, am, you I, could, am, am I missing something? Mike, I mean, Michael yeah, Thomas. Michael Thomas was, was great, but 
Michael Thomas was in a bad mood. He's a good a good move. He's a good special teamer, good veteran, good depth guy. It, it, it was fine. You could it, come away. You could come fine. away with that one. Trading JPP. Trading, you, you could sell me on trading I, JPP. Yeah, I guess. Do I sit here and think that the Giants did a lot well this offseason outside of the draft? No. You're right. You're right. Again, again, you are correct. I'm, see, this is why we bring you on. Because you are the Giants, Savant, Dave Rothenberg. Appreciate you I coming try. by. All right, Jordan. We'll, enjoy talking to we'll you. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, man. On yep. to the next one. All right. It's time for our favorite part of the podcast. Yes. It's time for Giants After Dark, where I answer all your deepest and what has turned into your darkest questions about the New York Giants, their intentions, and what they've become, which is basically a train wreck, 1 in 17. With that being said, here we go with Giants After Dark. We're going to start with Mark. At Ski Fam VT, he says, I think Gettleman always had a three-year plan. Hire new coaches, draft top running back, rebuild overline over two years, draft QB in year two to sit behind Manning, start with new QB with good line, and strong running game in year three. Thoughts? Uh, Mark, I think you are being awfully optimistic here and giving him way, way, way too much credit. Now, do I think he thought the offensive line was a one-year rebuild? No, I think that. I always said from day one, I thought that was a year, a two-year rebuild. Uh, but I do not think that they ever had a plan. Say, hey, we're going to get our quarterback in year two. How are they going to do that? They were trying to be good this year. So if they're stuck in the middle of the first round, how the heck were they going to get a top quarterback? Maybe they get a middle of the first round, a second, third round. I mean, that, that's, you know, you're taking a, 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 a real big stab at trying to find your franchise quarterback outside of that top 10. So I don't think Dave Gettleman was saying we'll get a, a quarterback in year two. And, and if he was and sitting behind Manning, he made an awful, and we actually, this is actually fact. He did make an awful decision to, Say, oh yeah, we're going to recommit to Eli and uh, go forward with the future here. We still think he has plenty of years left, they said. Which was a gross miscalculation, I think, in retrospect. Just about everybody right now can see that. And uh, you don't draft the running back first. The running back should be the last one you draft. So if that's the plan, there's no way you draft the running back first. Because if you're going to get the line and the line's going to take two years to get set up, you get the running back later. You can find a good running back in every single draft. Can you find Saquon someone that, as well-rounded as Saquon Barkley and with some of his skills? No. But I really, really don't think this was part of Dave Gettleman's plan, and you're giving him way, way too much credit to think that this was the plan all along. I, I highly doubt that was the case. So number, question number two. We go to Marco at MGiants11. People killed Dave Gettleman for signing Solder. What was the next option? Was Norwell their first choice? And if so, what would they have done at left tackle? When critical of the Solder signing, I don't think people tell the story, whole story. No depth, flowers, etc. Well, Marco, I will say this. I was not pro uh, Solder move from the start, okay? Just because I thought it was an you are going to be paying an exorbitant price for an average player. 
a slightly above average player. Sorry. Let's say, let's say a, a, a decent, a good player. Okay. We'll give him credit. He's a good, he was a good player. So he's like, you know, tackle 10 to 16. He's somewhere in that range. Uh, left, we're talking left tackle. So let's, let's say he comes in somewhere there. He hasn't played that well this year, but let's say he comes out in there. You're force feeding that move. Yes, they wanted Norwell first, and then their plan would have been, we will go and address tackle in the draft. Instead, they got the tackle and address guard in the draft. Now, the way I would have done it, and I think it was a mistake to go soldier, was if rather than paying all that money for one guy who's not a top-level player, you might as well go get two guys who are at least just serviceable, maybe swing-type tackles, and put them out there and pay significantly less, not make the long-term commitment, put yourself into a bad contract long-term, and now the Giants have that contract on their books for several years and are saying, oh, man, we're paying all this money, and is our offensive line really that much better? He's He still hasn't completely solidified that position because they're still struggling to protect from that left side. Now, some of it is him. Some of it's the immobile quarterback. Maybe if he played with a more mobile quarterback or a different situation, like, you know, next to Tom Brady, he'd look better. But he hasn't. So I was all for, if you're going to pay, you do it for Norwell, who is at least an all-pro type player and had a dominant skill. And if you miss on that, then you try and put it together for one year at least with a couple guys, uh, you know, second-tier Offensive tackles, I went over it at the time. I believe Adrian Waddle was one of those guys. It was a guy from the Steelers whose name is uh, eluding me at this time. But that was a guy I was thinking of. And then you address it in the draft, and you go heavy on offensive line in the draft. Uh, you know, the second, third, fourth round, uh, you know, you, you, you get two offensive linemen, and you start to try and build that way. So, at G-Men, who explained his, uh, the king of quo fohi, uh, name to me at one point, but I still don't really get. You know, it's some something to do with where he lives. So yeah, you know, faux high. I think I'm saying that right. So maybe I did better this time. Did Loletta's incident affect the timeline of him eventually starting? I think it might have, because Shermer has kept open the possibility. Look, he said that last week when they asked if he was starting against the 49ers, he said we'll see. So I think they at least would have discussed it. I'm not sure if they would have came away with him as their starter. I doubt it. I still think they'd probably be starting Eli right now. And depending on how long he, how, and if he, not how long, but if he struggles moving forward, look, if he goes out there and, you know, completely just has a disaster, poops his pants on Monday night against the San Francisco 49ers, then he might have no choice but to say, okay, let's try something else. Let's try Loletta. But if Eli goes out there and plays well, and has you know, puts together two or three games, a decent stretch, and the Giants actually put some points on the board against the 49ers who aren't very good and a Bucks defense who's terrible, then you got, hey, you know, then it will. It ultimately probably will have affected his timeline of starting. So I think the answer is probably it will in the long term. Uh, we don't know for sure yet, though. Uh, let's see. Next question. We will go with at Matt. No, no. At Matt LeCarry. At Matthew LeCarry. He says, what does your buy routine look like? Well, the Giants practiced on Monday, Tuesday, so we had to be there. That was actually the day Loletta got arrested on Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they were off. Saturday, Sunday, off. So, you know what? I actually just 
Hung out a lot at home. Spent time with the family. Went to my daughter's soccer game. A thrilling soccer victory, let me tell you. I'm one of these people who is so against rewarding people for sucking, right? So, essentially, you finish in last place, you don't say, or second in the last place, you don't say, well, good job, you you finished seventh from first, right? You know, no, you know, you finished second from last. You got to be honest. These are learning moments, and you move forward. Well, my daughter's soccer team finished in last place. They did not win a game. So then they still make the playoffs because there's six teams and every team makes the playoffs, which in theory I'm against. You know, every team shouldn't make the playoffs. What kind of sense does that make? What's the you know reward? Now rewarding people for doing well in the regular season. So, but then they go in the playoffs and they win and they beat the top team. And this is seven year old girls soccer, by the way. And they go double overtime. Okay. And then a shootout on top of it. Seven year old girls who barely even, they don't even understand the concept of a shootout. Okay. They're going into a shootout. My daughter, by the way, was the first up to shoot, hit a nice low hard shot. You know, she did the point, everything was perfect except for the, the aiming. She kicked it wide of the post, but the whole point was perfect. She knew exactly what to do. I want to kick it low and hard into the corner. It just went a little wide of the post. So I'm proud of her. She played well. She played aggressive, which at that age, by the way, is a huge thing. And then you asked me, what do I do in my bye week? Well, Sunday, okay? When you get to sit home at Sunday and hang out with your friends and drink, you know, alcoholic beverages and watch football, it's enjoyable. I mean, that's what most people do, right? But when you're at the games on Sundays and you're at the game and you're working and you're doing this, I mean, even on one o'clock games, I'm there by nine o'clock in the morning. So it's a long day. I get home at nine o'clock at night. So, you know, you don't sit up. You're not kicking your feet up and enjoying a game like a normal fan. It's a job. It's still a job. You get to watch football, granted, and that's a great part of the job. And the job is, is a, you know, is an all pretty cool job. I agree when people say that, and I enjoy it thoroughly. But you don't get to enjoy it like you would a normal weekend. So, even though I had the soccer for my daughter, it took up half the day. When I did later get to sit down, I went. You know, they had after the soccer game with some of the soccer parents and had some adult beverages. That's enjoyable. That's what you do on your bye week. And it's really the one week of the year, except for when the team plays on Thursday night, that you get to do that. So you're excited because it's different. So at Jayhoax1, last question here, asked me, this is on Instagram, you DM me. So when you Instagram me on DM, there's a good chance I will answer your question. Hey, Jordan, for Giants After Dark, who do you think will be a better successor, Stephen Jones or Chris Mara? Now, I will have to say this, Jay. Those two do not go, they don't make sense. Those are not apples and apples. And I'll explain to you why in a second. Stephen Jones is Jerry Jones' son. He's the next generation. He's complete, he's younger, right? Well, Chris Mara is the same generation as John Mara. He's his brother, right? John Mara's in his early sixties. Chris is in his fifties. So, He's not really the long-term successor, like later in life, to John Mara. He's of that same generation. He's already been working. He started working in the organization as a scout, his first go-around with the team, I believe, in 1979. So Chris Mara is John's brother. He has, you know, Kate Mara, the famous actress. That's his daughter. So I don't think Chris Mara is... Who you think he is. He's not like, you know, 
40 years old and, you know, 20 plus years younger than John. That's not the, I don't think that's the case here. I think Chris is in his 50s and he's been around for a while and, uh, he's not necessarily the long-term successor. I don't know who is to the Tish family or the Mara family. I don't think anybody's gotten that far. Uh, they're still all fairly young. John, Chris, Steve Tish, uh, Jonathan Tish. Uh, so you're going to be, those are going to be your owners for, for quite a while. As far as Steven Jones, he already seems to be running the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, remember when, uh, Jerry Jones wanted to draft Johnny Manziel and they basically talked him out of it because Steven Jones is already making a lot of decisions. They let Jerry sit in on stuff like that other owners wouldn't do. And, you know, he's involved and he talks after every game and he's still involved and, and obviously he has a lot of say because he ultimately owns the team. I think from what I hear that Stephen Jones on a day-to-day basis is there and he's more involved in the uh, personnel and the making of decisions and Jerry just kind of pops in and gives his opinion and they, they try and steer him in the direction that they're looking to do anyway. So that's my impression of that one. And that's it for this segment of Giants After Dark. On to the next one. All right, that's it for this episode of Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com Giants reporter. You can find this podcast on the ESPN app. You know, make sure you tell your friends, say, hey, you're a Giant fan. You need to listen to this podcast. And you know what? You need to go on iTunes. You need to give it a good review. We love good reviews. Or you want to give feedback. You want to go to Google Play. It's there. You can get it on there. You want to get an a podcaster, and you can get it everywhere. Breaking Big Blue with Jordan Ranan. That's R-A-A-N-A-N. And make sure you fire me questions, right? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, email, Facebook. I'll do my best to answer all your questions, especially in my Giants After Dark segment that you just heard. Okay? So you reach out, and I'll do my best to answer. And as always, make sure you follow along because even though they're one in seven, it's fun. This is entertainment. You like, you like the Giants. I talk about the Giants. We try and make it fun. We try and make, make it enjoyable. Even during a one in seven season, right? We make jokes about it. We, tr- we try and, and make the best of what for you as a Giant fan is probably a pretty unenjoyable situation. So that's what I'm here for. Come on. Come along. Enjoy the ride. See you next time.